Good morning, NLH. <clears throat> Good morning, New Life Horizon Church. It is a privilege this morning and it's a pleasure to fellowship with you this morning and the discussion um, this few weeks has been knocking me left, right, and center, preparing for the heart that speaks, the heart that does what God, only God could ask one to do. And whereas I um, usually preempt by saying that, <clears throat> excuse me, I am not one with any level of shyness, but I realize that the task is getting harder and harder. And so it is in that vein that I seek your prayers this morning. It is in that vein that I humbly submit myself before the Lord that a, a vessel that he can use. Father, we thank you this morning for the hearts of your people. I thank you, Lord, that my heart, Lord, will first be softened. My ears, Lord, will be attuned to your voice. That, Lord, when you speak, I know the difference from my whole heart and mind and the turbulence at times that goes on in our emotions. Lord, I pray that I will distinguish your voice clearly and that I will speak only what you have asked me to speak and that I will hold this prepared text loosely before you, that you will give me the nudge to delete and to be rid of some things that you may not want me to say. Lord, I give you all the praise. I give you all the glory. You get glory, Lord. Be glorified. Give you thanks in Jesus' name. Thank you again this morning. Um, as I said, it is a pleasure and it is a privilege. One that <laughs> I don't take lightly at all because I have no gifting in this area. And so um, the privilege, as I said, is mine because I get to join in the discussion with you all this very important series that Pastor Ava has asked us to delve in, Enemies of the Heart. Sister Temar spoke to us on offense a few weeks ago. And Reverend Heron spoke on the word, the flesh, and the devil. The topic this morning, enemies of the heart, is on jealousy. 
And like those enemies of the heart, they are all works of the flesh. Jealousy is another devastating emotion. And it is the oldest type of sin and can destroy not only interpersonal relationships. If we read 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 20, but also our physical health as well. I have a few questions you may or may not have heard of the term or the phrase green with envy. Have you heard of the term or the phrase green with jealousy? In Proverbs 14 and verse 30, it reminds us that a heart of peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. We all have heard of the green-eyed monster because they depict these in many movies and many color picture books for kids. And we have been given the evil eye at one time or another. These actions all stem from jealousy. But historians have credited the ancient Greeks as the ones known for the source of color affiliation believing that cultivating of this emotion, jealousy, and acts of jealousy, cause an overproduction of bile, causes the human skin to turn slightly green in color. And this also depends on the pigmentation of your skin. So how do we define jealousy this morning? Jealousy is defined as a feeling of discontent or a resentful longing for someone else's possession, qualities, good fortune, and colloquially we say good luck. This enemy of the heart is sinful. It affects our emotional stability and physical well being and can actually literally make you sick. Jealousy is interpersonal. It targets an individual who is perceived as a rival and or a threat. As a result, jealousy can lead to physical harm or willful acts of violence towards that target. Jealousy can also cause long-lasting physiological scars from verbal abuse, backbiting, constant criticisms of one another. But jealousy has roots. And like the roots of our plants and our trees, jealousy grows. Jealousy grows and it gives nourishment to evil thoughts and boosts actions, which enhances, triggers, and manifests itself into ungodly behavior. Jealousy and envy 
are closely related and they are used interchangeably for the use of this text, for the use of this talk this morning. So I might say jealousy at some times, other times I may say envy. It has con connotes the same meaning. But my question to you this morning is who hasn't at some point felt the effects of the misery that this emotion brings? All right, you don't have to answer all at once, but who hasn't? So I would say, it is safe to say we encounter jealousy in all spheres and in all walks of life. There can be jealousy in the home between parents, husband and wife, siblings, family members, between friends, among peers, jealousy in the workplace, jealousy in the church, sadly, jealousy among believers. But the Bible condemns envy or jealousy strongly. But there's one difficulty that I have, and it happened to me sometime this week, and I think last week as well, that I had to decide how to answer a particular question. And in talking to an unbeliever, I was asked the question, how then is God jealous of us and we are not supposed to be jealous of others? It was easy to say to a believer that God is sovereign, but to an unbeliever, it's not easily grasped that God is sovereign because God, we are trying to be God-like. And so if we are being like God, then jealousy is one of the things that God is jealous. And so we could be jealous too, because, you know, unbelievers, they have some thinking and some thoughts. Sometimes they send you packing. They are armed, and I would say dangerous. And so we have to be very, very well equipped to answer some of these questions because they are thrown at you. You're not in Bible study where you can run to the reference here or you can run to the um, commentary. You are on your own at the mercy, but thank God we have the Holy Spirit, huh? You saw already. So the difficulty that I had soon dispelled because God is jealous for his people and enjoys our worship of him. God is sovereign. But God is jealous, I would tell that lady, when we put other priorities, other gods before him. Exodus 20 and verse 1. We are created for the sole purpose of worshiping God. 
to give him glory. Discipling others and building up his kingdom here on earth. From our homes, with our neighbors, in and around our neighborhood, and wherever our mission field would take us, whether locally or internationally. Therefore, our job being to spread the good news of salvation to everyone we meet, everywhere we go, because of God's sovereignty, he created us to worship him. All the glory belongs to him. He alone has the right to be jealous because we were created to bring him glory, to give him honor, to worship him. That's our sole purpose, to give him glory. And so he has the right. And in his sovereignty, we will see the things that God decides to do because he falls rain on the just and on the unjust. From any standard, and more so from a biblical standpoint, desiring what God has given someone else is a violation of the 10th commandment. Jealousy. Exodus 20 and verse 17 reads thus, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's husband or wife, male or female servant, their cars, their possessions, anything that your neighbor has. Jealousy in God's house amongst God's people. Paul was writing to the Corinthians in chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 3 in the New Living Translation. And it reminds us, for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world and we should be set apart? Jealousy in God's house is condemned. You might say to me, but I don't quarrel. I don't quarrel with anyone. I am quiet, I'm laissez-faire, I'm blah-blah. But your heart and your mind is as in a state of turmoil when jealousy is in your heart. Jealousy, according to the Merriam-Webster's dictionary, defined jealousy as someone being hostile towards a rival or one believed to enjoy an advantage. We say they are envious. The example I can use is that his success or her success made their friends jealous. Or I could term it another way, they were jealous of his or her success. Therefore, this emotion, jealousy, is driven by the desires of the flesh. And it is because of lust 
that any action or thought from this emotion cannot be good and will not please God. In Romans 8 and verse 8, it further reminds us that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. We cannot be governed by ourselves in the flesh. Rather, we must be governed by the Spirit of God living inside of us. Jealousy generally responds to thoughts or feelings of insecurity, fear, and concern over a lack of something of great value to that individual. Jealousy produces emotions or feelings of rivalry, example, anger, resentment, inadequacy, disgust, even of someone else's success or their achievements. Jealousy is a social issue and it destroys relationships. Jealousy also weighs heavily on everyone, making our neighbors into competitors and our God-given blessings a prize that we boast about rather than a gift to be shared and celebrated within the body of Christ, within our workplace, within our schools, celebrate and share the gift. I'd like to go through some of the examples of jealousy, just a, a few that were recorded in the Bible. Let us turn with me to Genesis 4 and take a look at Cain and Abel. We know that Cain and Abel were the sons of Adam and Eve. And they were the first humans created by God. The scripture describes that Cain murdered his brother Abel in a fit of angry jealousy. A little background to the story, Cain was a farmer. So he worked the soil and brought fruits of the ground as an offering to the Lord. The Bible did not indicate that this offering was the first or the best of his produce. Read Genesis 4 and verse 3. The second son, Abel, was a shepherd and he kept flocks. He also brought an offering to the Lord. In Genesis 4 and verse 4, the scripture mentioned that his offering was firstlings, the best, the fat portion, the firstborn of his flocks, and that will depend on the translation that you read, how they describe it. But in all, it seems to have been the best. The Lord God looked with favor on the offering of Abel, but not on that of Cain. Both brothers offered individual sacrifices to God, but with jealousy in Cain's heart, the scripture tells us that Cain invited his brother Abel to go out into the field, and when they were there, 
Cain's jealousy overpowered him and he killed his brother, Abel. The scripture further told us about this story. And it says, the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? It is important that we recognize when we have walked out of the presence of the Lord, that he will ask us some questions that he already knows the answers to. Where is Abel, your brother? He said before in Genesis, where is Adam? He knew where Adam was, but he said, where is Adam? So back to Cain. Cain said to the Lord, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? God always asks these questions. He already knows. Cain was cursed by the Lord. The soil will no longer give you strength. A restless wanderer shall you be on the earth. And of course, Cain was distraught because he had walked out of the presence of the Lord and his punishment was great. The Lord told him, you will be driven from the soil out of my presence, but I will protect you as a God of second chances. He protected Cain and allowed him to wander into a city named Nod, far, far away. I could not help but imagine in my own life how Cain and Abel must, I'm sorry, Adam and Eve must have felt when they lost their two sons. I couldn't help but imagine how they felt. Cain wandered away, never to be seen. I didn't hear any mention of that in the scriptures. But Lord allowed him to live a life someplace else. God of second chances. Abel was lost forever. And so the second example I want to talk to us about this morning was Joseph and his brothers. Very familiar story. Joseph's brothers were jealous of him. They attempted to kill him, but ended up selling him away as a slave because of jealousy. I would like to suggest to you, though, that jealousy was due to the fact that Joseph's father, Jacob, loved Joseph and showed him preferential treatment because he loved Joseph's mother, Rachel. But let us look at this family, Esau and Jacob in Genesis 28. Do you remember them? Esau and Jacob. They were twin brothers of Rebekah and Isaac. Rebekah helped Jacob to trick Isaac, stole the blessing from Esau, the firstborn who in their culture would be the one blessed. So Rebecca and Isaac knew Jacob would be hurt if not killed by his brother in this jealousy. So Jacob had to run away 
from Esau's jealous rage. So Rebecca, the mother, being a part of the plot, assisted Jacob in deceiving his father, sent him away to her brother, Laban. But Isaac also had instructed Jacob not to marry a Canaanite woman because they were idol worshipers. So Rebecca said, let me send him to my brother, Laban, who is Jacob's uncle, to find a wife. The story goes on to say that Jacob is now in a place called Padan. And he agrees to work for seven years because of this woman he met named Rachel, the younger daughter of Laban. Laban deceived Jacob and gave him the older sister to marry. We know the story very well. This older sister, her name was Leah. But the scripture tells us that Leah was, had weak eyes and delicate eyes. My analogy from all of that is that she was not as pretty as Rachel. And so he ended up with Leah, but Rachel was who he had on his mind. And so he agreed to work another seven years, 14 years before he ended up with Rachel, his love. So let's walk back and see. Laban deceived Jacob. Rebecca and Jacob tricked Isaac. Laban tricked Jacob. It's a whole generation of this one tricking that one and that one tricking the other one. But let's look in Genesis 29 and 30, where it describes Leah's joy when Jacob married her, but the heartbreak she felt when she realized that Jacob loved Rachel more. So it is safe to say that jealousy was in this family for a very long time. Rachel was jealous of her older sister Leah in their ongoing battle for the affections of their husband, Jacob. Leah was jealous of Rachel because Jacob loved Rachel more. But the two sisters in the beginning were barren. And in Genesis 29 and verse 31, speaking about the God of second chances, the Lord saw that Leah was not loved and he opened her womb. So Leah had sons for Jacob while Rachel still remained unable to conceive in the beginning of their union. Later on in Genesis, let's go back where we are told that Leah's sons with Jacob were jealous of their brother, Joseph. The same brothers who sold him into slavery. And it is my argument 
that the jealousy stemmed from the relationship generationally before, but the relationship between Jacob and his wives, Leah and her sons, Rachel and Joseph was given preferential treatment by Jacob. And so that stirred. Sister Tamar spoke about Joseph not taking on offense when this evil, evil acts were done towards him. Jealousy is generational. It is a curse, but it can be broken, is my argument with Joseph. He did not take on offense. And so the third example I want to talk to us about this morning is Saul and David. Read with me in 1 Samuel 18 when you get a chance. Saul became jealous of David. Saul was afraid because the spirit of the Lord was with David and the spirit of the Lord had left Saul. Saul was the king, yet the people were praising David instead of him. Saul's jealousy stemmed from fear and insecurity. He was deeply tormented that David could take over as king of Israel. So Saul, because of jealousy, placed David in harm's way, moved him out of the comfort of the courts and placed him in charge of a thousand Israelite soldiers, which he thought he would not be able to manage. But David led the troops in their campaigns. And the scripture tells us that in everything David did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. And because of David's success after success, Saul's jealousy rose and he plotted ways upon ways how to kill David. But the scripture reminds us every time that God protected him. David also realized, Sister Tamar touched on that too, that David realized that to do anything to hurt Saul would be a sin against God. So it is my experience that everyone experienced jealousy at some point or another in varying degrees. This emotion, jealousy, is unhealthy and can negatively impact your relationship with God. Let's go back and talk about David, who Saul wanted to kill several, several times. David is now king. David already had many wives. But because of his inability to control his emotion, David, who got complacent and comfortable in his role as king, remained in Jerusalem instead of going to war as they did in that season. So David, the story goes that David saw from his balcony a beautiful lady named Bathsheba 
bathing and the story goes that he was overcome by jealousy, lust and power. David broke three of the 10 commandments. Commandment one, he broke, David shall not commit covet your neighbor's wife. David did covet Uriah's wife. Second commandment, David shall not commit adultery. David committed adultery with Bathsheba. David, number three com commandment he broke, shall not commit murder. David had Bathsheba's husband Uriah killed. He placed him in front of the battle, as we know the story very well. And as a consequence, David and Bathsheba suffered from their adulterous relationship. Their firstborn died. Read 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12. So jealousy led David to take Bathsheba, Uriah's wife. But when we get to understand the sovereignty of God, we will understand that Bathsheba is named in Jesus's lineage, whether from Matthew or Luke's perspective, Bathsheba was named in Jesus's lineage. This morning, I want to talk to us about the types of jealousy. And there are two particular ones that I want to highlight. Jealousy can be situational. And this type of jealousy is very common and is often rooted in insecurities, low self-esteem, and persons may not even realize that they are jealous. But these actions involve displaying fear of inadequacy, fear of abandonment, fear of being replaced, or fear of being judged. The second type of jealousy I want to point out is obsessive jealousy. Obsessive jealousy is also called, called morbid jealousy. And as the name depicts, it can be fatal. It is usually found in romantic relationships and it's called Othello syndrome, O-T-H-E-L-L-O, Othello syndrome. It prompts an individual to display intrusive and will express delusional thoughts. This partner is preoccupied with unsubstantiated falsities. They have convincing arguments that they know with absolute certainty that there is infidelity in their relationship. This preoccupation is usually leading or has led to a mental illness. In a nutshell, jealousy is very unhealthy and affects everybody. Those who harbors the jealous thought 
as well as those who are the recipients. Jealousy also brings out anger and aggression, which is also known as wrath or rage. And so there are two types of rage, uncontrolled response to rage, uncontrolled response to a perceived situation is intense. And Proverbs 27 and verse four reminds us that anger is cruel and wrath is like a flood, but jealousy is even more dangerous. Proverbs 27 and verse four. The second type of rage from jealousy can be controlled rage. It is more subtle, non-confrontational, involves backbiting, slander, and gossip controlled, but nonetheless dangerous. Jealousy overall breeds competition, competitiveness, disunity, strife, contentions, isolation, denial, and usually fosters competition. There is a saying I want to quote, if you continuously compete with others, you become bitter. But if you continuously compete with yourself, you will become better. And so there are three humble steps that we can take to help ourselves to rid this jealous emotion from our lives. By recognition, because it's important to recognize jealousy for what it is. Take time to acknowledge that these feelings of jealousy are present, no matter how uncomfortable they might be to process to move forward. The second step, humble, is reflection. This book by Bob Beale, Why We Do What We Do, is a book that helps us to identify the motive why you feel the way you feel. You can consider your past experience, your family history. Generational jealousy is rampant. Generational behavioral patterns in your family, example, lies that we believe, the lies that were told to our parents, they fed it to us and we feed it to our children. In the book, Why You Do What You Do, Bob Beale asks us to make an exhaustive list of the ways we can reflect. Read on page nine. Another step is to be accountable. Take responsibility for the way you are feeling and know that only you have the power to change this behavior. In conclusion, I'd like to give us a few ways, 
practical ways to overcome jealousy. My first is to trust in God, the God's plan for your life. Trust in God's plan for you. When you're jealous of someone, you feel that their wins and their gains are so spectacular, but you perceive your losses to be insurmountable, feeling like you're at the bottom of the ocean, not being able to swim to the surface. But feeding these thoughts, you're shifting your eyes from the way God sees you. Your purpose, his plans and his promises remains true. He has a plan for you, a plan to prosper you and to give you a future. Personalize Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. Make a conscious effort to trust God with the, those jealous emotions. They are temporary in his hands, if only you hand them over to him. The next way for us to overcome this jealousy is to pray and study scripture for guidance. Second Timothy 2 and verse 15 tells us to show ourselves, study to show ourselves approved. Study the scripture to combat the lies of the enemy. Isaiah 30 and verse 21, God wants us to be the voice. God wants to be the voice, excuse me, that tells you which path to take at this crossroad of your life. God, like any caring parent, wants to help you. Share your thought, your emotions with God first. The third way we can overcome jealousy is to count your blessings. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Be thankful. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Read Luke 6 and verse 45. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. My final way in which we can humbly rid jealousy is to cold turkey stop jealousy in its tracks by improving your life. Envious feelings of others can often serve as indicators of where you need to improve in your own life. You can do it. The Bible bo declare, boldly declares that we are not given a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7. And so armed with this power, love, and self-discipline, make a choice that you are going to overcome jealous emotions. Focus on being the version of yourself God has already equipped you. My final thought is to consider seeking help through spiritual counseling 
or talking to a trusted individual. Thank you for listening. Lord, I thank you this afternoon that your words will not go on deaf ears. I pray, Father God, that if the truth be told, most of us have serious issues, including me. Lord, and I pray that you will allow me, you will give me the boldness, being brave, just to hand it over to you. Because the scripture tells us that there is nothing impossible for you, God. So I hand back over to Sister Tashina and she will play a song for us. Please listen to the words of the song and thank you. God bless you.